0: Happy PA week friends, I am super excited for this episode because as you can see by the name of it, it's about my transition and career change from dietitian to PA, which I've received many questions on it and I love talking about it because I know a lot more people than I thought have been or are in a similar position, maybe not going from dietitian to PA but wanting to make a career change and join the PA profession. And let's just say it, this is one aspect of the PA profession that makes it extremely attractive and that is it welcomes career changers and it allows you to join the workforce as a practicing provider within a few years. And yes, that's going to be an intense few years of education, but also complete education. So stay tuned, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to the Making of a Physician Assistant, a podcast created for all PA rising stars. I'm your host Gabby DeVita, a Family Medicine PA, passionate about sharing my own experiences with hopes that someone else will benefit from what I've learned in the process of becoming a PA while navigating the ups and downs of life. Each episode you'll hear from me and our amazing guests as we share valuable tips, tools and experiences, all related to a career as a PA and life in and out of the job. I'm on a mission to help you become and thrive as a Physician Assistant and create the work-life balance we all aspire for. So if you're ready, join me in the making of a Physician Assistant. So I hope you guys that throughout this week you have participated in the celebration whether by learning more about the profession or spreading awareness and educating patients, families, your friends about what the PA career is or simply just advocating in any way possible. And I thought that in honor of National PA Week I would dedicate this episode to sharing my journey on becoming a PA. Having changed careers and why I did that, what it took me to get to this point, and now a year after practicing as a PA, my thoughts on if it has been worth it. So let's get down to it, shall we? All right, you guys, I cannot get any farther into this episode on this particular week without taking a moment to explain what a physician assistant is and it's not. So, first, a PA is not a nurse, not a medical assistant, not a doctor. Not the doctor's assistant, not a scribe. According to AAPA, that is the American Association of Physician Assistants, PAs are medical professionals who diagnose illness, develop and manage treatment plans, prescribe medications, and often serve as a patient's principal healthcare provider. PAs practice in every state and in every medical setting and specialty, improving healthcare access and quality. And I hope that throughout this podcast and the different episodes that we've put out there, you learn more about why people choose to become PAs, the specialties and the settings where PAs work, the amazing things these PAs are doing, and why we love our career. So now let's get down to my story from the beginning. Let me take you back to where it all started. I am originally from Venezuela. I was born and raised in Caracas, and that means my native language is actually Spanish, and English is my second language. But anyways, I started undergrad there after trying to choose between medical school, dentistry, and dietetics. I chose dietetics, and I think that it was a pretty simple decision for me. Honestly, I quickly let go of the idea of medicine for a few different reasons. First, I knew I did not want to become a doctor in my home country. Unfortunately, the socioeconomic situation of the country was just going downhill and it is still pretty bad. But at that time, I had heard way too many horror stories from residents about the hospitals where they were going to do their Uh, residency and kind of I mean these doctors were risking their lives the one that just did it for me was a resident who told me about um, they were suturing a gang member and there was another gang member there pointing a gun at their head you know asking them to save this person and I was just like you know what I don't I don't want to you know be exposed to this so just no But in addition to that, I just didn't like the work-life balance that a career in medicine as a physician meant. I knew at some point I wanted to have a family and become a mother, and the way I pictured it, it just wasn't for me to become a doctor, even though I know many female physicians who do it all the time, and they are amazing mothers and doctors, and I mean, kudos to them, but it just wasn't in the cards for me, so... That was that, but then for dentistry, I actually had the opportunity to become a international student in Utah, and so when I graduated high school in Venezuela, I went to Utah, and I lived with a host family for a whole year, and in that time, I had the opportunity to do two internships. One was at a general dentist office, and then the other one was an endodontics, and I just hated it you guys it was not for me so when I came back home I just knew I'm not going into medicine I'm not doing dentistry so dietetics it is and when I came back home I started my classes right away in in my undergrad of dietetics and that's very different than it is here like here you would do the first year or two, you do your core curriculum classes. We don't do that back home. So you go straight into specific classes for your major. So I had intro to dietetics, anatomy, biochemistry, and a few other ones, and I just fell in love. And three years later, I decided to leave home and move to the US. And this was a tough decision with the support of my family, of course, but eventually, I transferred, uh, so I moved from Venezuela with a one-way ticket to the U.S., and I transferred all my credits, and I completed my undergrad still in dietetics at FIU, that's Florida International University in Miami, and then I applied and was accepted to the internship that you need to do in order to sit for the registered dietitian exam. And so that was an 8 month internship through my the same university that I did my undergrad in. And so in December 2014, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics. And right away in January 2015, I started working as a dietitian in diabetes and pregnancy. And then maybe I want to say a couple months later, I took the registered dietitian exam. And that was the beginning of my professional career as a dietitian. So here is where the fun part starts. So now let me tell you about this job because here is where my interest in something other than dietetics started. And this is how it began. I started this job with teaching gestational diabetes classes in one-on-one sessions to pregnant women with diabetes and then I started to teach them about oral medications that we would use like metformin, gliburide. then I progressed into teaching about insulin but then it became really fun and I started learning about when to start insulin how to interpret patterns, how to adjust dosing during pregnancy. And I quickly earned privileges from my supervisor physician to do this on my own. And that was a huge accomplishment. So this got me thinking about what else can I learn and how else can I grow to help my patients outside of diabetes. So I kind of started feeling a little bit limited in my scope of practice and so i just decided to do some research and you know eventually i came around the pa profession coincidentally around that time the academy of nutrition and dietetics and cdr which is our credentialing body were discussing requiring a master's degree for future new grads so with that i just knew i needed to advance my studies so i could remain competitive as well so it was just, it's kind of funny because one of my co-workers actually said, oh, one day, this is one day we were talking about, you know, what things I could do. And she just said, you would make a great PA CDE. And I was like, hmm, tell me more about what a PA is. Because I don't think at that time I'd actually come across the PA profession yet. So she kind of briefly explained it and mentioned that a PA had just started working in the clinic and that maybe I should just you know, go and talk to her. So I did. And since I was really, you know, serious about my next move, I didn't think twice. And I just started doing extensive research, like massive research on this PA thing. I was like, let me see. I think she has a good point here. So within probably like two months, I had already made a decision. And this was like, december 2016 or maybe like november and then 2017 i just kind of prepared for the whole process and i started pa school in 2018 so it was like game on i was just you know going 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 i set my mind for that and made it happen and here we are so let me now tell you more about the details on the why my thought process and all the steps i took So first, from my research in networking, I gather that number one, becoming a PA meant significantly expanding my scope of practice as a medical provider. And that meant the ability to work in any field of medicine, in any setting, the option to change fields at any point, which to me, that just sounded amazing because as a dietitian, I had the opportunity to work in pretty much any field. Like at that time I was working in diabetes, but I also at some point wanted to work in bariatric medicine and dialysis. I mean, you can do anything. So I could bring that with me into, you know, my next career change as a PA. It also meant at least doubling my income. As a dietitian, I was making somewhere between Forty-five and maybe just over 50k a year and i was having trouble changing jobs after three years to one that would pay me more than that um and also i was just not getting a raise a significant raise i guess you could say at work so financially dietitian was just not working for me any longer and i had learned that pa's come out of school with the potential to earn 90 to 100,000 in their first year and that trend was increasing to maybe 100 to 110 as a starting salary so that was also pretty attractive um the next thing that was good that sounded really good to me was it meant um going back to school for just two or three years which is the average for a master's program and there was a school in my area that offered a full-time and a part-time option so i could potentially choose to work if i wanted to through pa school or most of pa school or just simply quit and go all in and then the last thing is the life the work-life balance seemed perfect for me and what i had in mind when it came to wanting to start a family in the future raising a family and so even if i ever wanted to just work part-time or per diem I would still have a decent income from my side. So, honestly, there were no downsides to it. So, my husband and I sat down, and you know, even though at the beginning it was kind of funny because one day I just came home and I said something like, I want to go back to school. And he's like, Yeah, that's great. What for? Well, it's PA, so it's physician assistant. I explained what that was. But I said, you know, it's a two year full time program and I can't work and it's going to be about $1,100 and I guess we would need to take loans for that. <laughs> He's like, what? Like we had no loans. We had, you know, a very comfortable life at that point. It's like, oh, my goodness, let's just think about this. <laughs> and so we did. And, you know, we explore the pros and the cons and our finances, our goals, Our logistics all the preparation that I would need to do and it made sense it made so much sense for us and he was just so supportive so we made it happen so now let me move on into the steps I actually took when it comes down to preparing for PA school application cycle and all that kind of stuff so obviously the first thing I did was Research what kind of things did I need in order to apply to PA school and be a successful applicant? So, meaning to get accepted that cycle. I learned that I needed a few classes, volunteering, shadowing, tests like the GRE. And so, based on that information, I kind of set up a timeline. And around this time, I was actually also studying to become a CDE, which is a certified diabetes educator because that was just kind of the plan in my job and you know what I was doing at the time. And with that, I have kind of planned in my head to maybe apply in 2018 and to start in 2019, but then when I looked down at everything um, that I was gonna need, and which I'm gonna walk you through in just a second, I decided to do it a whole year earlier. And so 2017 ended up being a crazy year, but, it all worked out. So as far as classes, I'd made sure to look for programs with the shortest list of prerequisite classes based on what I already had. And considering that I had a few international courses from, you know, when I was back in Venezuela, but I did have to take about seven classes totals, which was kind of hectic because I ended up taking a few classes at two different community college and different location, like, far apart from each other (laughs) and then I also took some classes at a local university which I did some online and then some in person then as far as tests I had to take the TOEFL which is uh, like an English proficiency exam for people who speak English as a second language and so I even though I had already taken this back in like 2010 or 11 when I moved to the U.S. and I had already Graduated with my undergrad here in the US, one of the programs that I was going to apply required this. So I had to take that exam and then I had to take the GRE as well. And so if you were wondering, my score was something like 151, 151 and then 4.5 for the writing. Then as far as shadowing, it's really not required, at least not for the schools that I applied to, but it was highly recommended. And honestly, there's a reason why this is recommended. It is going to help you so much to understand the profession and how PAs work in different fields. So I used my networking skills and I was able to shadow a PA in the urgent care, an OB triage, in the ER, and then also an endocrinology physician. The last one was volunteering. So I initially didn't really put much effort into it because I thought that I had enough hours from undergrad, even though that was, you know, I don't know, like three, four years ago from, like by the time that I applied. But also I really didn't have any extra time in the first half of that year since I had decided to do all kinds of stuff, (laughs) like taking classes and studying for the GRE for my CDE exam and then the English exam. I mean, it was kind of crazy. But then the second half of the year, I did make sure to go and do some volunteering hours and this was honestly because I was rejected from the first program that I applied to. So let me explain that here. I applied to two programs. They had different deadlines. One was September 1st and they had rolling admissions and then the second one had a deadline of January 15th of the following year and they didn't have rolling admissions so i had the opportunity to just you know i could literally submit january 14th and be fine because they weren't going to be looking at applications until they closed the cycle so with that um i think i submitted my first one around july or august and then i honestly can't remember if I was rejected first or I just kind of had the feeling and I started looking at my application to see where I could improve but anyways the point is that I figured out I needed more volunteering hours that were current so I went crazy and that second half of the year or like those last few months of the year I started volunteering like at three different places to gain hours and be able to include those on my second like application of that cycle and that worked for me so the next was just a waiting game so I heard back I think around March I had my interview and then by April or May I was accepted I put in my notice at work which was really exciting and so my last day was sometime around June like end of June And so I had a two month vacation before I started PA school and it was the best. And you can actually go back to my other episode where I talk about what to do before you start PA school because I used this two months to prepare and it was great. So now before we wrap up, let me just talk about the actual transition and some of the questions that I've gotten like... How did it help me? And you know, not just during PA school, but now as a provider, and if it was all worth it. So, yes, I think it helped me to some extent in classes, like some of the topics like endocrinology, OBGYN, because that was my job before and I had some knowledge, but Honestly, I still had to study extensively. There was just so much more that I needed to learn, and it's just a different pace from what undergrad was. So it did help, but it's not like, you know, I had it super easy during PA school just because I was a dietitian before. The best way I think it actually helped me was with my patient education skills. As a dietitian, I spent almost all of my time educating patients and giving them advice and you know, doing motivational interviewing and things like that. And so during rotations, I kind of already knew how to talk to patients, how to open up a conversation. And so I was comfortable in that sense. Now, now that I have been a PA for one year, I can say with 100% certainty that it was the best career move I could have done. And if you ask me, would I do it again? Yes, 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 yes. I would totally do it again. I love that I can confidently talk about diet and nutrition with my patients. And having my credentials as a dietitian and also as a diabetes educator, I feel like it helps position me as someone they can really trust when it comes to nutrition advice. And if you are a dietitian or a diabetes educator and you're wondering if I still have my credentials, yes, I do. I don't know if I'm going to keep them though, because i have to pay for the (laughs) you know i have to pay for the uh certification every year and things like that and i don't think i i don't know i don't know yet if i'm gonna keep them the cde my diabetes education one for sure i'm always gonna keep as long as i'm working in you know i feel like family medicine or somewhere where i can use it but if i ever move to something like surgery i don't know how helpful it'll be for me to have them but anyways um the last thing is the financial aspect i think i was right my husband and i were right when it came to the math that we did because i was able to find a job that pays the range that we had done the math for and so that was just a huge consideration and the return on investment it was just perfect it worked out really well So let's wrap up, you guys. If you are still listening, thank you so much for the support. I hope this has been a great episode and one that you've enjoyed. This was just my story and my experience going from dietitian to PA. But I know there's a lot of people out there kind of considering a career change. Not sure if they should. Maybe, you know, they are... Maybe you're worried about your money or your age. And here's what I can say. And I think this applies for anyone, whether you are considering a career change or you're just simply lost right now. Maybe you're in a gap year after undergrad and you don't know what to do. So here's what I have to say. Number one, you're never too old to pursue your dreams and your goals. Don't let that stop you. In my class, we had people of all ages. We had like 20-year-olds, all two, Fifty plus, plus and for me I was a little bit older than the average even Um, but you know who cares you do you number two yes do your math sit down calculate your budget your return on investment and if it sounds like too much Look around for affordable options. There are ways for you to stay within a certain budget. There are ways that you can save some money, you know, maybe don't choose the school with the highest tuition. But yes, PA school it's going to be expensive, but don't let that take away your dreams. Just know that almost everyone takes out loans for PA school. And what you need to do is be smart about it. There are plenty of resources and you know ways to teach yourself about it and if you actually go back to episode number three in this podcast I did one with Kristen and she is a financial coach for healthcare providers and so or healthcare you know people like you and me so make sure you go listen to that and you can learn a little bit about how to be smart about your finances and the last thing I have to say is yes change is always scary but it also tends to be rewarding so keep that in mind you know be sure you know your why why are you doing this move what is making you you know move forward and write it down and remind yourself every day talk to your support system ask for help if you need but don't let anything get in the way of you achieving your goals and your dreams remember you can achieve anything you set your mind to so that's it. That was my journey. That was my experience. I'm going to leave you with that. And I hope that in this episode, you either learned something or became inspired or became motivated to continue on your journey to becoming MPA. And I would love to hear from you guys on my Instagram at it's Gabby the PA. or make sure to leave, you know, a five-star review and a comment and share this with other future PAs, new grads, or just simply anyone interested in the PA profession or learning about it. So I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. I will talk to you next week. All right, you guys, that is it for this week's episode of The Making of a Physician Assistant. I hope you learned a thing or two today. And if you did and enjoyed listening, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. I would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas for future topics. I'm your host Gavi De Vita. You can find me on Instagram at it's DePA. In the meantime, thank you for listening. We will talk again next week.